0: For 25% off your DNA test kit. If you are cannabis friendly, if you have an extra room in your home, if
1: you have a you know, vacation rental, please list it on high BNB. We have to reach out to our community so that we can support the community. Mm. Or roll yourself a joint to sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on the Canamom Show with Joyce Gerber.
2: From the Tip O'Neill studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Canamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Canamom Show, where we are crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers, one can of story at a time. Um so happy 420, Dave. I know this is being recorded earlier, but today is actually 420. So happy 420.
2: Big day. Big day. How are you celebrating?
0: Um, I have a lot of plans. Do you have any plans? No, I don't. No. Okay. <laughs> don't. So let's just talk about me. I will be starting my day off with Pink Sesh. Um, it's a wake and bake organized by founder Patty Rowe. She sent all of us um pink bowls.
2: Mm. So that cool we can looking.
0: join and start the day off together with our pink bowls. mm it's a whole ladies' organization. Then I will be heading out to Cush um, Groove, uh, where um, it will be opening in Cambridge. Uh, Marcus, I, I remember him, my friend Marcus Johnson-Smith, he was one of the mm. few men interviewed by the can mom show. Mm. He's opening up a new dispensary in Cambridge.
2: How many uh, dispensaries are there in Cambridge at this point?
0: Uh, many, many, many. A let's lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, there's four, I think, and central square alone he's going to be out closer to watertown it's a different area so that's good for him a different market you know and then summer right next door they have quite a few they're popping up
2: mm-hmm. for sure yeah.
0: yeah i can see some on, I, there's one opening up on mass abbey between porter square and Harvard. very cool happening um all right so then after i go over to Cush grove Cush Grove, i mean i'll be heading over to uh the heritage club which is in Charleston, owned by our friend Nikki John, who will be hosting an afternoon event. So I'll go over there, see nice. some of my friends. I could even ride my bike if it's nice. Mm. And then let's see. Oh, and then the evening, I will be finishing the day with an event sponsored by Dinner at Mary's, right in Harvard Square. It's dinner, comedy, and music.
2: Wow, it it is like a big holiday for you, for the and the podcast. Let's face it.
0: It's just um. I don't know. It's this weird thing that we, you know, marketing and real, like, you know, uh, mainstream media will cover us so 420 as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh,
0: still, um, yeah, actually, I'm taking um, I'm gonna, I had a quote or a woman uh, journalist from the Boston Magazine contacted me and I about uh, a story about moms and cannabis. And I'm taking her to a dispensary tomorrow because she'd never been to one. So I'm going to be showing her around.
2: Oh, cool. Well, uh, update us that on the on the Boston Mag article. I want to make sure we check that out.
0: Yeah, I assume it's coming around 420, but we'll see. All right, um, right, let's see what else. Oh, quick update on Grow My Own. Dave, one of my plants turned out to be a boy. <laughs> what? What? The,
2: I, I, I'm pretty sure plants are gender neutral, aren't they?
0: Not cannabis. We Not
2: cannabis, okay. Female,
0: that is why I always talk about the female plant and the male plant. Okay. And you can't have them together if they're in the same space. So I had to put the boy outside.
2: Mm, isn't that always the way? the mis- misbehaving in some boy cultures,
0: boys are revered but in our culture he has to go outside but you know what with the boy luck it's been sunny and warm here in massachusetts so he's fine yep
2: yeah. now yeah it's been beautiful the last few days so uh, i hope the boy will thrive out there
0: so i'll send pictures um all right one more th- okay so i'm gonna be harvesting in may probably before i go to arizona so i'll be putting up information about that And I just have to say, it's been a great experience. And if you want to learn how to grow your own, please check out Asia Atwood's programs through Trella Technology, because if she can teach me to grow my own, she can teach anybody.
2: Check it out. Just a couple episodes back, we had her on the show.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Mm. it's fun. Um, You know, it's been something to do in the winter. And Mm. they're, I don't know, the boy thing, they actually have balls. I mean, that's like, what? that's how I knew.
2: Come on. What does that mean?
0: It's the seeds. Okay. They can't be together because they'll pop they're supposed to be feminized but I'll, we, we should do a whole nother show just about the. Uh, we actually did a show with a gardener who was very yeah. fascinated by this because she's a horticulturalist and she couldn't believe it was a feminine plant and that was very unusual and that's what got her into cannabis
2: yeah. it's like learning oh. the birds and the bees all over again
0: yeah it is it's kind of confusing but anyway she is special cannabis she's been illegal for very bad reasons but now she's coming back and can help us heal in all sorts of ways um, all right. So we are supposed to have a special segment guest, author of Why Mommy Gets High, Wendy Brazil, and hoping she can make it to the show. But we'll see how that goes. We'll talk about the book anyways. And let's see what else. One more thing. Oh, I don't have a culture corner today, so we don't need the music.
2: Oh, wow. I did watch the first episode of the second season of Schmigadoon, as you uh, recommended. It's a little, in a,
0: in a, a little dark.
2: Yeah, it is. It's much different than the first season, but uh, entertaining. And the music's actually good. I mean, it borrows directly from Chicago, but it's still good.
0: And the dancing and yeah. whatever there, there are—it's fun to watch, and it's a good escape them And I'm wondering what's going to happen, but it is much darker.
2: Mm. You're great. But it's funny.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, but um, I don't have culture corner, but I just want to remind people that on June 15th, um, actually, the, the place has been changed, but the event is the same with Canon Management um, on June 15th. They'll be hosting an event in Boston, um, an evening supporting moms in cannabis which will include an empowering speaker panel, including me, a great networking event to educate, support, and collaborate with business professionals in the cannabis community. um, While we're all working together to break the stigma associated with mothers and cannabis, it's going to be June 15th, uh, 6 to 10 p.m. at the Boston Winery now at 26 Erickson
2: Street. I was at the Boston Winery uh, just about a month ago for a networking event. It's a good place.
0: It is. It's in the water, right? Is it in the seaport?
2: No, it's kind of strangely just off the expressway. It's easy to get to, and there's plenty of parking there. It's just, I can't even describe where it is. just kind of off the expressway. I'm surprised it's technically not in Quincy, but I guess it's in Boston.
0: Oh, I know. Okay. So again, I haven't been there yet. So Boston Winery, 26 26 Erickson Street, there'll be more information. And if you want to support it, sponsor it, connect with it, any of my friends in the industry want to connect with moms, reach out to me or reach out to Angela at Canada Management. She's um, the person who's actually putting this all together.
2: Very cool. Awesome.
0: All right. Uh, so I guess that's it. That's all I have for now. So let's get started with today's guests. All right. Today's guest is a tenacious and passionate Canadian cannabis advocate. She's an internationally recognized award-winning writer, director, and innovator, a disruptor at the intersection of cannabis, hospitality, and technology. In 2018, when Canada became the first G7 country to federally legalize cannabis at the recreational level, today's guests are an opportunity to support a stigma-free cannabis lifestyle and cultivate a globally connected cannabis-positive community. So she jumped from 25 years as a writer and director in film and television to build High B&B, an online marketplace dedicated to growing the cannabis community by providing four pillars of engagement. Stay high offers inclusive accommodations. Play high is an activities and event ticketing platform. Read high editorial covers cannabis news and culture. And get high provides compliant marketing for dispensaries, brands, and products. Please welcome to the Canon Mom Show, Elizabeth Becker. Welcome. Hi,
1: Joyce. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction.
0: All right. Well, um, I just like I like cannabis tourism. I've been talking about it a little bit, but going to some events online. So um, let's just start with what you're doing now. Explain how uh, it works, uh, why Airbnb, why BNB is more than Airbnb, where consumption is allowed, and um, maybe even part of like the journey of creating the business, ca- the raising capital and getting into the business.
1: Wow, that's a lot to unpack. All right, <laughs> let's just start at the beginning. <laughs> so uh, where I am now, I, I guess, you know, what makes High Airbnb? High And I just want to frame it all by saying that it's different in every country and every state and sometimes in every city because the regulations change. So there's a number of different things, which we are to different people. At minimum, we are a place where you can consume cannabis legally, uh, where you're welcome, where you're never going to find uh, a complaint for the smell, never Risk um, you know, have somebody banging on the door asking you to leave or about reading on Airbnb. That's at the very least of what it is, and then you know there's a, a, a scale that goes from there. So uh, in some cities we're, we're partnering with dispensaries. When you check into high B and B, the dispensary is um, providing a small gift upon check in, and with that an invitation to purchase a welcome basket for delivery. So it's absolutely product yeah yeah that's exciting yeah, yeah. well and one of my favorite really is just for hosts who are cannabis enthusiasts if you're inviting somebody into your home or home that you own you can share your own cannabis with them and this is a bit more applicable on international scale especially towards growers because it gives somebody the opportunity to travel and you know continue to consume their 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 medicine You can't travel internationally with cannabis, that's for sure, right? Right. So, um, you know, I'm reaching out to the community to say, hey, we all have the right to enjoy this beautiful plant as part of our lives. And um, I'd like, you know, reaching out to say, let's support each other in order to do that by by opening up our homes, um, turning to the private sector rather than the public
0: sector to make sure that we're welcome and have access. Oh, that's great. All right. So um, how's it going? How you, you know, what states are you connected to? What countries are you connected to? How is that working?
1: Oh, Joyce, they've been a really long haul. This is now four years for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, waking up every day and, you know, on my best days, really excited to get to work. And um, I have seen my share of, of difficult and challenging days. So I started this before the pandemic hit. Yeah, how do you start a tourism company in the middle of a pandemic? I was in Canada at the time, so we made a beeline to get our U.S. banking and our U.S. payment processing and open in the United States, um, which we did. But we were um, planning on closing our seed capital raise Mm -hmm. in order to actually launch. So we haven't done that yet. It's been, you know, challenging because I'm a filmmaker. I, I have, although I have raised raised money for my films before. But what I did was kind of, you know, follow my passion to have a voice and present it in a way that people could respond to. And it's just, it's a a big venture because it's a, you know, a global, a potentially global business you know, the the market is global. So there's just so much to do. And and the challenges are the regulations in each state are, are different. So in order to be compliant, there's just a lot of customization um mm-hmm. required and uh then there's been challenges too with getting the inventory mm-hmm. um, the whole the whole vacation rental industry mm-hmm. is kind of set up with these channel managers so some of mm-hmm. you have the place on airbnb is on verbo yeah. they're on booking.com and they just push a button right to be on high B too but i'm finding that you know a lot of property owners that they, well they're they don't want smokers there Right. No or cannabis there. It's like they, they hate smokers. And the only thing they hate more than smokers are cannabis
0: smoke. I know. It's so interesting. So, and, I mean, it is the truth. And I will say now, you know, I I do travel and I'm like, I try to fight. You know, you can't go to a hotel because you can't really smoke in a hotel. Obviously, they're like standing on the corner. And if you get an Airbnb, it needs to have a porch or something. And or you stay next to a park. I don't know. It's it's a weird to still feel like you're doing something criminal. We were in Nashville. and We were like my whole family was standing in the park next door having a joint because we'd rather do that than have a you know drink so yeah interesting but there's a lot of us it's not like there aren't a lot of us
1: yeah so we we haven't got that like engagement that's really concentrated in one area which everybody's looking for especially investors but Mm -hmm. we do have a you know a lot of listings over a large area i think we're in between eight ten countries okay and the exciting place for where i am is that people are reaching out all the time having meetings in South Africa and meetings in Mexico and, and in those particular regions and in Germany as well, we are licensing out high are where the process of putting these, these deals together where, um, you know, they'll be, they'll be licensing high in name and, and, um, you know, and, t- and technology, and, and we'll
0: have like .dot uh, mx for Mexico and .dot za. Uh, oh yeah, so I did. I I want yeah, I wanted to talk about the global community because this is so big. This is you know like obviously it's international. So um, I don't know. So you said you're working with Mexico. What other other countries or people who are reaching out to you who are you were surprised by, or are you trying to get you know some places where it's very very illegal that are willing to do this, or more? Are you finding places a lot of the places in Europe are actually you know it's legalizing on a different level, even Germany. So what are you finding there?
1: a lot of places are decriminalizing it decriminalizing it, it. yeah yeah you're able to consume it you can't buy or sell it and there's just a lot of excitement in in those regions because it's not yet regulated but it's not it's not criminal anymore mm-hmm. um so they're reaching out to see how how they can develop cannabis tourism in their area and so we're guiding them a little bit it, it doesn't take that much in some distant regions all you need is it is uh somewhere we're consuming it is 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 okay but i'm asking people to connect it to local farmers and indigenous farmers and the cultures we're mm-hmm. fighting that cannabis tourists there's different kinds of cannabis tourists some are just like they want to experience it like um you do with alcohol right where you go you see the grow and you you, you go on a cannabis tour right um you know, but others are just kind of trying to include it with their lifestyle. But, but we are seeing that cannabis consumers, the kind of tourism they want is real. Like they don't like superficial stuff. It's like, I want to see the culture. I want to, you know, touch down and learn about the history of this plant in this region. I want an example this in this region.
0: Oh, that's an interesting, interesting perspective on how to, travel uh, that's interesting that's good I actually met a woman from south africa who was working on cannabis tourism down there and i was asking it was on one of those webinars but you know what the culture is and how does she engage and that is so interesting like because you if you're a wine person or if you're even a food person you go to a certain region and want to experience that world so that's really a great way to talk about it
1: yeah thanks
0: yeah um all right so you got a real international thing going you're having some issues getting places but you are um Let's just get back to your personal journey. Like how did you even get here? So you mentioned that you're a filmmaker. This is not like where you are. I know you're a mom. Um I don't know. Do oh, you want yeah. to talk about you wanna talk about your sort of your own journey and how your own momness has sort of played into this?
1: Oh, I, I would love to talk about that because I am a mom first and foremost. And if I wasn't, I don't think I'd have the strength to do what I'm doing. Um just because I, I I do accounting in my mind. There, I, there's one thing I didn't answer in one of your questions, which is what is my and be that's different than? Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Seen? And it, it's just it, it's not just the um, accommodations. We're also um, doing experiences um, and events and uh, retreats and even event space for rent that's friendly. So that's in the, under the play arm, play high arm, and I I just wanted to point that out. But that is I that is.
0: You know, the, that's coming up more and more, like even here in Cambridge, Massachusetts, we had a Boston conference and they have um, there's some private spaces, some empty um, restaurants, really in Harvard Square, right in the center. And they're having cannabis friendly consumption events here, which kind of shocks me. But um,
1: it's happening. Well, that's exciting. Well, we want to list those on high B&B. We have a listing in Boston um, tour guide, the Stoner Boston Stoner Tour. Oh, what is that? It goes, ch- you all have to check it out. I, that's I a,
0: check this, this is so like off topic, but I have this whole, I, I've been posting this thing about, um, I live in North Cambridge, which is Tip O'Neill country, which is a famous politician. And I want to do a cannabis tour, a Tip O'Neill, a Can-a-Mom tour of Tip O'Neill's North Cambridge, and then end at one of the many dispensaries here. So I just think it'd be a fun way to introduce people to culture and talk about cannabis and all that. So yeah, a stoner tour. I got to connect with them, see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so my, my personal journey, I, I, you know, this, this is what I was born to do. And it feels so great to, to know that and to arrive there. I still have a lot of fight to go because IBM isn't quite on its feet. We're still struggling to get up. Um, but, you know, when I, I am blessed and, and lucky to have been brought in by an entrepreneur. My mother was a pioneer in the working days, working in the 1970s. And um, she eventually started her own company because she felt that she wasn't being treated fairly as a woman. So since I was, that's surprising. Oh my god, he <laughs> wasn't
0: treated fairly as a woman in the 1970s. Shocking, 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 shocking. Oh my god. <laughs> but wow. But I, I, my, I get my grandmother was a working woman. My grandmother worked until she was in her 80s. I, like, I thought it was normal, but it isn't actually. So <laughs> I <right>, keep going. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she, she was just a great, uh, a great mentor and um, you know someone I could look up to. And, she, and she's still involved. I, I, she's one of the biggest shareholders other than myself. And um,
0: you know she helps. She's an advisor on business. And she's 80 years old now. Oh. Um. All right. So, um, all right. So your mom. Okay. So, how did you start? Like, what was your connection to cannabis? What was your, you know, what was your relationship with it? And how, being a mom, how did your own momness come into this? Right. My daughter is 16 now. I've been a single
1: mom. So um, my connection to cannabis is, is just something that's always affected me in a really positive way. I've used it recreationally. Um I was turned on to it from my sister is a drummer in a rock and roll band. So, you know, those artists and those rock and roll players, they're the bad ones. You know, I shouldn't you know, hang out with them, according to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> but And, and, you, and yeah. you grew up in Canada? Yeah, I grew up in Toronto and then I moved to the West Coast. And when I moved to Vancouver, there was a different attitude towards cannabis than in, in, on the East Coast. It was just it was healthy, like it was spiritual and it was accepted. There just wasn't this stigma on against it in Vancouver. And I felt there was this big uprising. Everybody would get together on 420 every year. And I knew in my lifetime that it would be legalized. Um and I, I, my, my first boyfriend out there, he had these horrible migraines, and he could only get
0: through the migraine with with cannabis. And what Elizabeth? What year was this? What year were you out in Vancouver?
1: Oh, I moved in nineteen ninety.
0: All right, so yeah, so way before legalization.
1: Yeah, and then I moved to California, uh, just around the time that California Woody Harrelson was going to jail. He was doing all those protests. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a filmmaker, I made my thesis film uh, about uh, cannabis or really about the absurdity that uh, that alcohol is legal and it's so destructive and cannabis is so illegal and there's all these lies around it and it really doesn't hurt a lot of people. And so my film was kind of comparing those two things in a really cheeky kind of sweet way. It, I set it up through um, like the, the little rascals. I... Um, like what?
0: We're asked to cover cannabis and read in the newspaper that if you try it, you're going to try to kill your best friend. Right. I get. I mean, that's what I understand now. But in the '90s, I didn't know that was true. So, how was this um, film received?
1: Well, I was going to the American Film Institute, and it it wasn't received very well. I mean, American Film Institute—that's a, like a really well-known, it's a reputable American company and Hollywood company. So, um. They didn't embrace me the way that they had been embracing me until I made that, that movie. I think that it impeded my ability to develop as a director because of that,
0: actually. Mm, that's I, sad, but it's, I mean, you're you're right. So, you know, for better or worse.
1: Well, I, I felt really passionate about it. And for me, I, I was always interested in film because I wanted to have a voice and say something that made a difference. That, yes. You know, that's. That, that resonated with people. And I've done that with high b&b So, high b&b meets all of the things, you know, growing up in my mom's sales and marketing company, it, it hit that. Um, it hits the fact that I want to have a voice and resonate with people and make a difference in the world is something I feel passionately. It hits that. Yeah. And it also meets my, you know, the need that, I, or the, the skill I've been developing working with technical and creative people to create a product that
0: communicates in a visual, you know, and in a visual way well you've been on this path for a while all right so you're in california you make a film people are sort of upset with you but you still believe in the cannabis plant you're using it medicinally but did you ever it was but you were running oh, a film yes. Yeah, but you were still using this the whole time i mean you're consuming you were using it for your own health and wellness you know
1: what no i was using it recreationally. my favorite oh. thing to do my favorite thing to do, regardless of anybody lighting a spliff, I would just go and crash them every single time. I'd just sit around there. I mean, what's better than smoking somebody else's pot? And you know, every single time, they always welcomed me, and I yeah. had more rounds afterwards. And I just really loved the people, the,
0: the culture. You like the culture, yeah?
1: I, the culture, and I also loved the effect on me because I felt that it helped me be more centered. And as, you know, as I started studying spirituality and meditating a lot and and even writing, I used it as a creative tool for those things, Mm -hmm. uh, my creative mind and even my higher self. And as I've been creating high B and B, I go jogging and I get high and go jogging. That's my thing because I don't really like to be high around my daughter. She's, she's, she, she doesn't really accept it. Actually, she's like, mom, you can do whatever you want, but please don't do it around me. That's a uh, so, yeah, it's a little sad for me, but I I would run, get high, and run as fast as I can for as long as I can, and in those runs, I just like channel this stuff down, and I can still access it. It's like a higher consciousness or a, a a different intelligence. I don't know what it is, but I understand it, it is grounding, and um, I revere this, you know, revere this power, and, and I, so I I love feeling connected to other people. And I wanted to share that, you know, to share that. I wanted to support and strengthen the community, and I wanted to give other people the opportunity to make money with the green rush because everybody was so excited about the legalization, and you get all these bankers and all these other people outside right. the industry turning to try to make money off of it. Yep. And I wanted to give people, you know, um, with a low, low entry point to come in. You can do it too. anybody mm-hmm. can do it. We can. We can have poker games out of our basement and put right. them on high BNB. Right. I, I, and I uh,
0: again, this industry could look different if we uh, mm-hmm. create it in the image of her, the caregiver and caring for each other. So this idea mm-hmm. that even creating a home or finding a place for someone to like find rest and connect in community is just, you know, again, it's in the image of the plant and you were basically creating something that you maybe needed. Like how, how did the idea even come about?
1: Uh, there was a lot of, uh, people were a lot of, very unhappy um as legalization came there's so much excitement when it was approaching but then when it happened of course you could just purchase the cannabis and then the government takes tents on it but nothing else changed there are no other laws that came in. say okay so you and want I, to I, what,
0: can you just explain how it works in Canada just because it's a little bit different just it's different than the states anyone who's listening who doesn't know yeah
1: well it's federally legal here in Canada um, and the government is kind of hamstringing the industry because the producers have to sell the cannabis products to the government and the government sells it to the dispensary. Like, or like there's a, there's, they're a mill man there because they want to regulate it and they want to control it. But, um, that's, that's basically what happened. So, so is there any,
0: so again, like I've heard different things, like, in, you know, like the states are at a level of like marketing because everything is within state. We can't do any interstate commerce. So. So you're telling me the entire country, whoever grows cannabis anywhere, has to sell it to like a, a singular spot, and then it's redistributed. Is that a, is that what you're saying?
1: The provinces um, regulate the sale and distribution. Okay. Um, so the the federal law is across Canada in as it relates to the that They kind of left
0: the provinces to their own to make up their own rules around the distribution so all right so it's kind of like state almost like state law province law so do you have interstate, inter-province do they go across borders can you send stuff across or does everything stay in the province
1: oh no you can send it across
0: okay okay all right
1: but so but they didn't they change any laws where you can consume it
0: oh yeah that's the same thing
1: here yeah
0: not any different except in new york new york you can smoke wherever you can smoke cigarettes but there are very few places to smoke cigarettes anymore because right yeah okay
1: yeah, so that's what I kind of got angry about. And, and people wanted people wanted to be able to enjoy it as part of their lives without hiding. Right. Legal now, it's federally legal here. So why do we have to hide? I shouldn't have to go in a stairwell, like outside yeah. in the rain if I want to smoke a joint or if I want my medicine. And if I want to enjoy it with other people, which I personally really love, where can I do that? Right. It's There's no, you know, no, No coming together, there's no public education about it. Um, so that's kind of what I responded to, and I got really angry, uh, in my mind. I got really angry, so I thought that's not what legal, this is what legalization looks like, and I just kind of blurted out, I'd be and be,
0: yeah. And you're like, that's a good idea. Uh, but again, it's the same thing across the board here. I mean, we don't have any consumption lounges. It's on the agenda, but it's not, not really happening. You can consume at private events. So that's a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I still go to plenty of conferences, cannabis conferences where you can't consume anywhere except on the sidewalk, which, you know, whatever. It's just not that comfortable. I'm a grown ass woman. I want to be like comfortable. I don't be in the sidewalk in the cold. Yeah. So, all right. So um, you have this you're upset. Do you, are you doing anything politically? Have you done any advocacy sort of at a policy level where you are to change some of these regs? So they anywhere closer to having consumption launders or places to consume?
1: No, no, they're not closer to that here in Ontario or Toronto because that's at the municipal level. Uh-huh. Um, but I've been kind of tapped out building high B and B. I don't have a lot of extra time work or energy. I'm doing so many different jobs. Like I'm, I i did not know anything about my tea and I, I, you know, I, Acting as the CTO now, really, I had to learn it. Anything I didn't know, I had to learn.
0: How oh. That's how passionate I was and driven oh. I was. And I
1: still am. That I'm getting a bit tired.
0: Yeah, I think we all are. It's kind of like, uh, I say they're like dog ears. All right, so I was hoping that Wendy would join us by now. But, you know, I'm just going to give a plug for her book. So um, we're going to come back in a quick second with Elizabeth Becker of um, High B&B in Canada. And I'm just going to give a quick call out to uh Wendy Brazil's book it's a children's book called Why Mommy Gets High uh she wrote it again like so many women in the industry she needed something to explain to children about what's going on with her and she created her own book uh she's out in California it's very colorful it's got pretty graphics it looks like your kind of typical children's book i know this is a podcast so you can't see it but i am just talking about it um and if you want to connect with her or find this book for your own um child or someone you know who wants to understand you know how mommy uses this why we are crushing the stigma by just normalizing it and explaining how it works in our daily existence and how it is not something scary or something dangerous that everyone should be afraid of because that was a really bad story this is a really nice story so um it's called why mommy gets high i'll put links in the show notes about how to reach or connect i think it's everywhere you can actually go on amazon and barnes and noble and you can pick one up so that is my little plug for Why Mommy Gets High by Wendy Brazil. All right. Um back with Elizabeth. Let's see. We talked briefly about how you come from a family of entrepreneurs. I don't know. Can you just tell me a little bit more about your mom and um you have sisters? Are you have one of several sisters? Yeah, I have two older sisters. Okay, just how like, you know woman power girl power you want to call it how did this you know tell me a little bit more about your family of entrepreneurs and how you think this kind of influenced who you are today
1: well the best thing that my mom and i laugh we all laugh this is what i've learned from my mother she likes to say this as a quote if elizabeth you've got to learn how to piss in the tall grass with the big
0: dogs oh, that's quite a saying is that you know embroidered somewhere <laughs> I, you know i i don't like it that much as
1: when i worked as a film director i always felt why do i have to communicate like a man and right. act like a man in order to be successful and it was always you know really upsetting for me and so you know that quote that i just said from my mother that
0: kind of says to me oh you've got to be like one of the guys right yeah but that go around like one of the guys that is the message we got But that's what we got. And again, it took me a long time to figure out that it wasn't a club I was invited to. It didn't matter what I did. And the more I tried not to be like me, the worse it got. So, you know, whatever the men's rules are, they're created for the men and the women are now in power. Now we have power. We are empowered and we can build our own spaces and create their own rules that make sense for us, which is part of the cannabis industry. Just talking about caregiving and valuing different types of leadership skills. So I can see where your mom's coming from, but you weren't really an adopter.
1: Yeah, but can we? I'd like to talk a little more about that actually. Yeah, because it, it doesn't ring true for me. Like, I don't feel like I've learned how to piss in the tall grass with the big dogs exactly yet. Because, it, like, what you're saying, my advantage is that I'm female. Like, I, I, I think there's a lot of criticism of high B and B because we didn't start it with that one initial engagement in a concentrated area. That's what the investors want to see. And corporate finance, that world is very masculine. It's such a man's world. We didn't do it that way. We started out kind of grassroots and, and growing a little bit in all these different areas. We're so watered out. And, and I built High and b knowing that it's a nascent industry and we're going to just adapt. We're going to adapt to however we're needed. And I think that that's a, a feminine approach, mm-hmm. of you know, reacting and then adapting. And I believe that that's our strength. But uh, a lot of people look at that and and feel, you know, they're they're critical of
0: it. Again, I was at an event and a man came up to me and told me that the women weren't getting the venture capital money because, quote, they weren't prepared. And my head almost exploded because I've never met a woman at that level who isn't so over prepared that she's prepared for the person next to her. And I always push back with it's the rules. Maybe they didn't know your rules and maybe your rules don't make any sense, but it doesn't mean they weren't prepared. And that is just an infuriating statement for me. So the idea that, I don't know, you can't change other people. I don't know how we change their ideas of like who we are, but again, I think we just have to do this ourselves and find allies and find champions and don't expect us to fit into a world that doesn't want us. I I just That's my bottom line. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so grateful
1: for my mother. She's always believed in me my whole life. She, right. grew, she, you know, when I was growing up, she wanted to give me life experience. So she'd send me off places to work. I worked on an assembly line making fruit pies. That was one Smart. of the, yeah one of brands that she worked for. And she she just felt that I needed to have, you know, that to, to learn, see different parts of the world. Yes. And, you know, grow with the real life experience. And she's always believed in me and so. I have a lot of confidence that I've been a lot of places. I've seen a lot of things, and you know, so so glad when I came to her with this business. She was like, "I am a hundred percent of you, Elizabeth. Let's do this together."
0: Oh, that's a good mother-daughter story. Um, well, what's your mom's relationship with cannabis? If she's
1: aging now. She has spinal stenosis. Mm-hmm. and She's in a lot of pain, so um, she she also is like a tight a personality she doesn't like it if she doesn't have control over her mind so she doesn't want to feel up you know the the psychoactive uh, effects of THC that much although she's really explored with it in different ways I think she's still finding out you know she, what works is it a tincture is it an edible um you know is it the topical cream uh is it cbd how much thc does she need does she need you know should she consume it some drops of her tea throughout the day so mm-hmm. she's still trying to to find it um and i've just been in- encouraging her and you know assisting her to so that she is leading leading her own her own path and, that's
0: that's actually interesting i couldn't get my own mother to sort of be convinced but um what kind of things is she she's actually trying like um tan mm-hmm. salves or she actually trying tinctures or uh, and is she dosing does like how she did she talk to her own doctor about it how does that work with her she doesn't have a doctor of oh, the medical oh. system the doctors don't support cannabis like the yeah. traditional medical system no not here either but sometimes like when my mother my own mother was in her you know the palliative care physicians they are willing to accept that it's probably something that can help but they can't talk to you about it that's kind of where yeah. we are yeah um
1: yes yeah, she's been trying tincture yeah uh different dosages with the tincture uh what else has she been? Right now, she really likes the topical, but I don't know how she gets that much relief by. It. She's leaning hard on the seat. Yeah, and I think that that's that's helping a lot with sleep, and it's helping prayer. You know, relax get into the pain because she's she's carrying so much pain yeah. per day.
0: I mean, I guess it yeah. is the it is the control issues. And again, if you're a certain generation, obviously your mother was um, a very strong woman who had to kind of keep a focus and keep moving forward. So it's the idea. My mother was a control person they they out of control really freaks them out. So this idea that you can take a medicine and try to in, introduce it slowly into your system and realize that you're, I don't know, some of the things that we think are natural about our bodies really aren't like the anxiety and some of that can actually be calmed with the CD, CBD and the inflammation that they might just, you've gotten used to feeling that way your whole life. So I think it's interesting to start to introduce it slowly, but is feeling positive about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And what about your sisters? How are they connected at all? Are they working with your business at all?
1: Yeah, my oldest sister's working with the business and she had never tried cannabis mm-hmm. in her life. Okay. She, start, she started working in the business and I, t- I said to her, Diana, you, like, you have to try it. And she's like, no, it's not for me. No, but isn't that stigma? Like, how can you be working for a stigma-free you know, world and, and attitude if you're, if you're not going to try it? What are you afraid of? So she's had her exploration with her husband. They had some gummies. Uh, and she said, we even shut up all night long. He talked straight. For two
0: hours, hours long, long, they try these brownies. <laughs> it's good, though. I Again, I talk about this openly. You know, my husband and I, we have our joint on the porch and we talk to each other. We don't drink our, you know, it's not like we're sitting with cocktails, but we sit and talk. And we've been married for 30 years. The kids are gone from the house. And it's really important to have that time and to feel connected. And that's really been powerful for us. And it makes you pause. You know, we're in such a driven place and world. We're always moving, moving, moving. But you have to pause to create. You know that as a creative. And it's so important to kind of pause and be still or be in yourself to move forward. So, uh, again, all you A-type people, I'm an A-type person. It helps. So, um, all right, let's see. Oh, let's go to, Um, I call the industry my new JCC, my Jewish Cannabis Connection. So, I know that you are also of the Jewish faith. Um, Does that have any connection to how you use cannabis or how you think about it, do you think? Yeah, but I'm neurotic and I need it to relax.
1: I think so too. Yeah, that's why we have it. <laughs> well, they're talking about Jews and and pot, right? They just, I think that it's a it's it's strong. It just goes hand in hand. I think there's a lot of Jewish people. They love their cannabis, uh, and it helps me. And it, it helps me relax a little bit. It helps with my anxiety.
0: Yeah. So it's just um, maybe it's like a cultural thing. You know, we've had a lot of oppression. It's all living in our bodies. We're trying to get it out to the cannabis. Um,
1: You know what I like about it? I I like how it connects me to my body. Exactly. Yeah. I I receive the messages my body is sending me um, when I'm dry. Whereas otherwise my mind is just not listening. Mm -hmm. And and I find a lot of power in in that. It's like, oh, that's so grounding to be connected to my body.
0: Mm. Agree. I mean, I used to joke about this because I was pregnant in law school. So proving my mind and my uterus can work simultaneously. But the truth is I was very disconnected from my body because I was so focused on just focusing on learning and doing what I need to do. And um, I should have been using cannabis probably when I had little kids, I would have been more grounded, but I found it later in life and I'm going to be a really good grandma or whatever. I don't know. All right, Elizabeth. uh, So what's coming up for you next? What countries are you trying to get into with B&B, or maybe some events you're going to be going to to sort of show off what you're doing?
1: But... Before I get there, I have a couple of things I want to say. Oh, okay. Because I, I feel passionate and I, I'm feeling a little bit upset. I can talk to you and confide in you on the Can a Mom Show. I'm a mom. Right. I shouldn't be a handy. Uh, and I'm angry that it is a little bit. Like, you know, Brian Chetsky, when he started Airbnb, he traveled around and stayed with all the hosts. Number one, I don't like, sure, I can't leave my daughter alone. She goes to school. I don't have that liberty, so that I can't put that kind of time and energy into it, li- like leaving my home, and that's frustrating for me. And I think that there's a few other, like I hate to call it a handicap, that I'm a single mom. Um, that it, it that it it is true, and I just wanted to confide in you and talk about it. I mean,
0: I'm a, again, I'm a I am a long married woman with a stable community and a lot of resources, and I found it virtually impossible. <laughs> to maintain my professional career and raise my children. And that is the truth of it. So anybody who can yes. do this is just, we're superhuman. We've been told for, you know, Cheryl Sandberg told us to lean in and we tried leaning in and it wasn't really that great because we don't really have any resources to help us care for people. And if you're the female, we've been relegated to it forever. So here we are, but we are also passionate and professional and engaged and educated and have lots and lots of world experience and are able to build things really well maybe we're missing the financing part because we aren't quite in that world yet but there are a lot of women who have money now more than when my mother was you know and your mother who probably couldn't even get a credit card in her own name so we're not asking for permission anymore we have some power and until the supreme court in our country decides we aren't really humans anymore females we're going to use that power to move forward so i think that's where you are too and the caregiving part isn't it shouldn't be a handicap. It makes us more human and makes us more passionate and have more of a purpose to keep going forward during the hard times.
1: Yeah. And intuitive. I mean, I feel you know, my femininity is really a strong part of myself. So, so I do want to say a couple of things about where in that and how okay. people can vote. Excellent. So in in order to grow, I have some asks for anybody listening. Number one, for the accommodations, if you are cannabis, friendly if you have an extra room in your home, if you have um you know vacation rental, please list it on high BNB. We have to reach out to our community so that we can support the community. And so, you know, you can reach us at high bnb high h i at highbnb.us. That comes directly to me. Please reach out. Uh, we, we need your inventory, but above and beyond that, we are looking for a partnership with an MSO or an LP. Now we're we are at the point now I just I'll actually had a aha moment this morning where I just saw the structure is like, oh my gosh, we need equity partners here and here. So we're looking for an equity partnership with a hospitality company, with a large, you know, hospitality company that has reach um, internationally. Uh we're looking for an equity partnership with a cannabis company. Uh those are the two that are on my list. We're looking for a partnership with a business um party in Germany who's interested in licensing high BNB and we want to start developing in Germany, we're close to closing that in South Africa and we're close to closing that in Mexico. But is the next big market where we want to be. And um, so if you have any leads on you know people who might be interested in collaborating on a professional level with high BNB from Germany or any other place, please reach out and um make an introduction or or you know give me some suggestions. If you have any I um relationships with potential investors. If you're interested in investing yourself, we're in a really exciting time because we're about to start growing. Um mm-hmm. we're about to start growing through this international juncture. And just through some of the uh collaborative that we have on the municipal level, we've got a mm-hmm. great dispensary partnership in San Francisco that I was talking about with the pillow presents and mm-hmm. the welcome basket. Right. We want we want to develop those relationships with yeah. uh dispensary partnership in all urban centers. No, That's exciting. With, so yeah,
0: if you want to be our partner in your area, please reach out to us. Um, and not like Elizabeth, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, I'll put all the shout out Best way to connect with you. Hi,
1: hi at highbnb.us that comes to me directly and I'll respond.
0: That's excellent. All right. Um, Elizabeth, uh, coming out on 420 from your mouth to God's ears this is going to happen. People are coming out. We are right on the precipice of this going huge. And you have your foundation in place and your mom and your sisters behind you and the sisterhood of Canada women. So, yeah, it is is going to happen.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, and thanks. thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting High B&B. Thanks for joining us. All right. So I'm sorry Wendy couldn't join us today. Maybe she got the time wrong. I don't know. All right. Another show. So for my guest. Elizabeth Becker of High b and of course, my cannabro David Jazz and our Cannon Mom Show team, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannon Mom Show, where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber, this is the Canna Mom Show, and we're a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all.
0: I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get Casually Baked.